everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Fam, Friends, and Magic, a Magic the Gathering podcast brought to you by Swagoy Gaming. My name is Bill Grennan, everyone calls me Brasky, and as always, I am joined by the Mighty Linguini, Caroline Cavanaugh, Conan Hawk, Eric Hawkins, and back for this week, Mr. Tool, Mr. Tool Shed, Sean Gallagher. Say that five times fast. What is up, fam? How are we doing today? <laughs> it's good to be back. Thanks, Brasky. It's good to have you back, my friend. And, uh, you know, there's there's been a lot that's happened since you've been gone. There's a lot of things going on uh, in the world of Magic the Gathering. But the one thing I want to know first and foremost is how has your week in Magic been? Uh, let's let's start with our with our returnee, Mr. Toolshed. Sean, how was your week in Magic? Uh, I mean, it was a pretty good week in general. I mean, there wasn't a lot of Magic going on. I played a little bit of Pioneer, but that was about it. Um, otherwise, last two weeks have been pretty, pretty all right for the Gallagher. So I'm, I'm having a good time right now. I'm always excited about the end of the year. Uh, I just played a small local like cash tournament at Lodestone and Pioneer and won some store credit playing, you know, Old Faithful. So uh, nothing too crazy. Try to take a little bit of a break. So yeah, it was a good weekend. And Caroline, how about you? Um, I went to a modern face-to-face event, which I think I discovered later is officially a PTQ, but it was really hard to tell. It's sort of like SCG events, but really small. (laughs) Um, and I played, it was modern. All of the face-to-face events were modern this year, but I played some e-tron, which I did Tron things. And then I didn't play anymore after that, (laughs) but I think i really miss mono green tron the the tron things are not as cool in e-tron i don't know you get seven mana and they just play a reality smasher and it's like me i'm bored i don't know i i miss i miss my mono green tron so what what is the what is the difference of e-tron compared to other trons compared to the film tron (laughs) that's weirdly not the first time i've been asked that question this week also Uh, the movie is far superior to the decks just saying Okay, okay, relax. <laughs> the E stands for Eldrazi. So the E-Tron plays... It has fast mana, like it still plays the Tron lands, but it also plays Eldrazi Temple. So it kind of makes your hand sort of weird. Like sometimes you'll have like t- Tron piece, Tron piece, but no way to go get the third piece and then a bunch of Eldrazi in your hand. And you're like, well, I can't really keep that. And then other times you have like Temple, Temple like map and then no Aldrazi's and you're like, well, this is also bad. <laughs> so I don't know. The deck is weird. It's supposed to be good. I don't, I don't know. And I don't know about the movie. I've never seen it. Gotcha. Um, but on Sunday, I also did um, some commentary on my channel. We've, I've been doing um, this tournament. So Gabby Sparts has a discord and every couple of months, she's been running this little like standard tournament on arena. Uh, the first one we did was like single elimination, um, and I did commentary for that. That was pretty fun. And then this one, uh, we called it, it was a very fancy title. We called it Viper Pit because her viewers are vipers. Um, Viper Pit 2, Try Hard Boogaloo, which is like, I think a riff on a movie title, but I couldn't tell you which one. Electric um, Boogaloo. Oh, yeah, that one. And so then... Yeah, so we played this time we played Swiss rounds, which is a lot better than single elimination. So we played five rounds of Swiss over the last two months. And I submitted my deck list like two months ago and I'm still playing with it. So it's just guy like planeswalker fires. It was really funny. We we actually started the tournament right after the field ban. And as a group, we decided to ban Oko. 
So even but even though Oka was not banned when we started the tournament, it is banned now. So it's pretty funny that we called that. Um, and then, yeah, so I, I made the top four, so I'm playing the semifinals this week, which will be fun. Nice. If people wanted to watch you competing, are they able to do so? Yeah. Um, likely we'll be keep doing commentary on channels. Like, we did it on my channel this week, but it could be on different channels each week. So uh, best place would just be to follow me on Twitter, and I'll tweet out when it's being uh, commentated on. Conan Hawk. How about you? What have you been up to for this past week in Magic? Uh, I've been streaming mostly, and it has been great. Um, so earlier this week, I was streaming, and I kid you not, about 10 minutes into my stream, I got a host from none other than Mr. Andre Strasky and his you know, millions of viewers that watch him. And um, they stuck around, which was, which was awesome for the most part. Uh, a lot of them stuck around, and... Then since then on, like it's been just like it's been a packed house on my stream, which has been awesome. The chat interacting makes the makes the time go by fast. I um, I actually had a a moment today where somebody asked me for like a time conversion. Basically, they just like wanted to know what time it was in my in my stream, like like or like where I am. Right. And I'm just like, well, in my head, I'm like, well, I've only been streaming for like an hour. So it's like, you know, 1130 ish or something like that. And then I'm like. Oh, it's 1 p.m. Like I just like lost an hour and a half because I've just been like having so much fun with chat and stuff like that. So it's been super awesome. So if anybody out there, you know, uh, listens or whatever, uh, the community's great. Thank you very much. Everything's cool. So you you say that when people when you got raided and then people stayed in your stream, you said it like you were surprised. Um, do you just not have faith in, in your amazing charisma as a streamer or, or was it just something else besides that? Um, I would like to say that it was all me, basically just uh 100% me being on the channel, being great. Um, but I mean, I have some, you know, some cool people that are in the chat. Uh, Caroline was there that day, but also, um, I have recently employed a cat cam for my two adorable cats, uh, Winnie and Luna. So whenever they're near me, I just like I have like this webcam that I used to use as my webcam. And I just like have it kind of like pointed at them wherever they happen to be if they're in the room. And uh, I don't know. I guess that's probably why I got raided. That that had to be it. It was the cat cam, right? 100 percent. Cats are super cool. You know, I was watching your stream the other day and you told me you were going to play some bike control. And I pinged you saying, I'm so excited for you to play blue white control. And you didn't end up playing it. I was pretty upset about that. Just wanted to let you know. I played blue eye control for a little bit. Um, <laughs> I played it for exactly two matches. And so we about three against... hours or <laughs> <laughs> I wish to be honest, it was like I played against like this blue black deck that was playing main deck to rest and thought erasure. And then they were like mill and I just like got destroyed. And then my next round opponents just like Arboil Grazer into a uh, risen reef into like more elementals. And I was like, I, I can't beat any of these decks. <laughs> just like literally can't beat anything. <laughs> That's a nice deck. God, I was, I, I had that situation because of actually a fault of my own playing blue white control against uh, a Golgari deck. But in my sideboarding, I accidentally without my knowledge took out a uh, finale of revelation where you, where if you have 12 mana, you get, you basically shuffle your graveyard into your library, draw 10 cards, and you have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. So I was basically just grinding this person down, and both of our decks were just getting shorter and shorter, and I'm going, where's my finale? Where's my... F where 
I'm pretty sure I have. A f-. And then I realized like towards the end, I was like, oh, oh, I never, I took it out of my deck. And so I was, luckily, I I basically milled them out before I milled myself out, just constantly like really prioritizing my removal and my big board clears. Um, but it was, uh, it was, it was very much uh, a game that went much longer than it needed to go because I sideboarded it properly. Actually, the, the, the funny thing is, is you bring up finale of, uh, of revelation. That's what it's called, right? Or I, I don't remember the blue finale. Um, and, um, so the reason I actually ended up losing to the, to the elemental player is because they were Sultai and they had the, uh, the seven, seven flash that the way it comes back is they play a black and a blue as a sorcery speed and remove five cards from your opponent's graveyard. And then, um, and then it like brings it back to their hand. So I would, my plan was to like the same thing you said, right? Like where you just like remove all of their threats and then you just like pay 12, draw 10 cards on tap five land, shuffle back in my graveyard. But I just didn't have one. They had removed 30 cards from my graveyard. So I just like was going to deck out if I didn't die to lethal damage. Yikes. That is a yikes. Um, That's the magic Richard Garfield intended. Just saying. No Feldens can for you. Nope, nope. Well, there's been plenty going on in our week, but there's been plenty going on in the entire world of Magic the Gathering, including uh, Mythic Championship 7, which just concluded. Uh, And it was interesting. It was fun. It was cool to see and and watch, you know, continuing to watch Oko List Standard. Uh, and seeing how the meta has shaped and developed from there. Canister won with uh, Jund Sacrifice, which actually had two decks in the top eight. Uh, a good showing from Simic, both from Flash and some from Ramp. Uh, Golgari Adventure was in there. The one kind of thing that really uh, wasn't there that I noticed was was Jeskai Fires had one showing. Um, not a lot of Rakdos or anything else like that. Uh, but it was it was fun to see a lot of Simic show up. Jun Sacrifice seems to possibly be the sacrifice uh, to go with uh, going forward in this standard meta. Um, Conan, let's start with you. What was your opinion of Mythic Championship 7, and uh, did anything stand out to you, or, or just what was your overall uh, impression of it? Um, I think if like if anything stood out, it was definitely like the Flash decks, right? The They were like the not really known uh commodity coming into the tournament and so like going into the tournament everybody knew that fires was going to be very big everybody knew that um the sacrifice decks um would be very big and then also like maybe there'd be some green black adventure um and then there was like also talks of like the is it flash deck right but then there was just like the simic flash deck where people were like well the flash deck is is it not simic why are there these simic decks and I think um, that their their testing team, I know it was uh, Javier um, Javier Dominguez, Brad Nelson, and Seth Manfield all made top eight, and they were the three people to bring that deck to the tournament. So I mean, it has to just be that if you're if you're looking for something that stands out, like you you bring you you know if it, like say if all four of us went to like a Grand Prix, brought a deck, and we all made top eight, that would just be like insane. And granted, this is smaller than like this is a smaller number of people than a Grand Prix. But I mean, them all making top eight is just is just crazy to, to show you how powerful the deck really was. Caroline, did you get a chance to to watch a lot of it, or did you just kind of go in and out from watching uh, MC Seven? Yeah, unfortunately, because I had some plans on Saturday and Sunday, so I wasn't around too much. Uh, kind of popped in here or there, but you know, from what I was able to to hear and also just see on Twitter and stuff, it looks like things are pretty good. Like you named three or four different decks just in the top eight, and then there's some 
you know, outside tier two stuff, there's some other decks going on. So my takeaway is like mostly that standard is is pretty great right now. Um, I will say I was pretty impressed, like to metagame or to to deck design like a newish deck, though it's a sort of an argument because blue green flash was a deck before, but they changed it quite a lot. So to be able to design a deck and then have it do so well, like at a at a pro tour is pretty rare. Like it happens like the last time it really happened was probably the Eldrazi Pro Tours. So it's pretty impressive to see, you know, a team of three get three top finishes and their deck is different enough where I think it's considered a new deck. It's it's pretty interesting. The I don't know if you know the differences too well, but basically it took the blue green flash like core, which I hate. Uh sorry, which is a deck <laughs> that played um it just played a lot of flash creatures and a lot of counter spells. Uh, you know, its big finisher was the uh, wolf. I don't know what it's called. Night pack ambusher. And it also played a lot more derpy ones. Like it played like a two mana flash one. That, I was going to say brazen borrow, but that's not it. Are you yeah, calling but... spectral sailor a bad magic card? Yeah, but uh, that's not the one I was uh, naming. Brian Warren. Oh, cut, but yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then also Spectral also a bad magic card. That card's also, gassed. they used to play that Archer, right? The 2-2 two, two flash reach one. Like, yeah. it's bigger whenever you, like, throw in a non-human. That was, like, a one or two of. But basically, that was the, the deck was more of a creature deck and then also just had some counter spells. And this package seemed like it kept the number of counter spells, but decided that ramp was the way they would win the game. So that it actually played, um, like it played a two mana mana dork, right? Yeah, it played, it played Paradise, Paradise Druid. Druid. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. And it played Nissan, it played Hydra Crisis, but it still played the core, like it still played the um, Night Pack Ambusher and some some counter spells. So it was pretty. It was a very interesting idea that it was like we're gonna be a blue green flash deck. But only until we're winning, and then we're gonna crush you with all these big cards. <laughs> it was really interesting. It was a very different uh, strategy I, for sure. I think Cedric did a really good job of explaining that, like basically, it it's like this deck where it does play like Quench in the early game and stuff like that, right? Where it's like kind of controlling your early game, and then all it really looks to do is put in either a Night Pack Ambush or a Nissa, and then the counter spells just finish the game. Because the, the Nightpack Ambusher and the Nissa are so powerful that if you can't get them off the board or establish your own big board, like then you're not gonna come back because these get these cards will close out the game so fast. And like that's what the counter spells like were for, right? It's like you like quench their first play and then you just drop in your huge thing. And then if you untap, the game's just actually over because they they have to come through three counter spells before they die. They don't get three spells that they get to cast, which is crazy. Yeah. Sean, what are your thoughts of MC7? Yeah, I'm kind of with Caroline where I didn't really get to watch too much, but I did um, really enjoy watching what well, little I did watching Brad Nelson. And I think it was fairly certain it was Emma Handy had a tweet talking about how watching Brad Nelson's sideboard was just really interesting because, you know, he was doing things like siding out Sinister Sabotage, but keeping in Mystical Dispute for, you know, some odd reason. And then the reason ended up just being that it was just easier to cast mystical dispute. So seeing someone of Brad's caliber sideboard and what's going through his mind was really interesting to watch. Um, I think the blue green deck is really nice. Nightpack, like Hawk said, Nightpack Ambusher is really powerful. Um, it's actually a deck I'm interested in playing. If I do go to the PTQ on Sunday, I might be interested in playing that deck. So 
Um, I didn't really get to watch too much, but what I did was really enjoyable from watching Brad Nelson's uh, perspective. Yeah, for me, I mean, I, I got to catch a, a good amount of everything, but my favorite spot is just to go through the decks and see who tried to do something different and who who was successful, who was not so successful on that side of things. And uh, it gave me an idea of decks I want to play going forward. So I think the two ones that stood out to me uh, were the Teamer Reclamation decks were kind of cool. I liked seeing some of them, especially when they were set up with uh, Expansion Explosion of just like put down a couple Wilderless Reclamations and if you have a chance, just explode your opponent's face for like 30 out of nowhere, which was a lot of fun. And then uh, Alexander Hain, bless your heart for being the only person to bring Esper control because Thought Erasure has a place in this meta somewhere. And hey, he got six wins out of it. And I will be darned if I if if I didn't try to make Esper control work for the past five days to to no avail. Also, I'm just curious, what's the what's the chance Casey I gets unbanned after this Pro Tour or this Mythic Championship? What what are you referring to? <laughs> did you see Canister's uh, victory speech? I did, but maybe other people didn't. Yeah. <laughs> what what did he talk I about? Think the chances are 100 percent now. By the way, I think. <laughs> what? No, they're not. Oh so, wait, hold on. I will say there is precedence for this thing. So what sean's talking about is there there was an exit interview and they usually let the winners say like one funny thing or whatever and canister decided to pick his moment to say well he was very wordy with how he said it but he would basically said he wanted to unban kci or he said it should be unbanned because i won and then day nine was like that's not what you won today which was very <laughs> funny <laughs> so there is precedence for this thing a couple years ago someone this is it was Photoshop, but it was still an idea. It was funny. Someone sent a picture to the internet that was like one of those um, like working signs. It was like a little diamond shaped, like orange construction zone. And it just said like banned Sensei's Divining Top. And they just like put it, well, they Photoshopped it like outside of Wizards. <laughs> yeah, I and and they're like, that, yeah. within a w- month, I'm saying Top was banned. So I don't know. <laughs> what you're saying is, <laughs> is. KCI should be unbanned and canister in true canister fashion, unbanned KCI your go Watsy. Yeah. <laughs> it would be hilarious if it did get unbanned. I don't know if it will, but it would be hilarious. Well, if it does, we will have plenty to talk about and we'll probably just spend an entire hour talking about uh, how canister has his finger on the button of magic the gathering and the next thing he says it's upwards of i think he has as much influence on the game as caroline kavanaugh does on pioneer bands i think that's like they just go hand in hand i just thought about what about emery in kci like is that good you just get to replay your kci that seems pretty good very good it's pretty good also probably why it's banned (laughs) yeah you could just like you're filling your graveyard with smaller cast stuff to bring back with your scrap trawler and like yeah yeah it's probably okay in r&d they were like designing ember and they're like what's one thing that'll break this card kci we gotta get rid of it now (laughs) just in case well i think there's gonna be a lot to talk about uh and if for some reason kci gets unbanned uh i know every single one of us are gonna be mm, really wondering who is actually making the calls at uh, wizards of the coast when it comes to how this metagame uh no matter the format will shape out um, but no matter what metagame you play, what format you play, 
what we like to do is play because magic is a game. It's supposed to be fun. We're supposed to be having a good time about stuff. And we were chatting a little bit about what is something else we want to talk about uh, where we're at with Magic the Gathering, especially with uh, how each of us are different styles of competitive players. We want to, you know, some of us just starting out, some of us really entrenched in standard, some of us playing just want to play uh, in some way, shape, or form. But the important thing to note is to make sure that you're in the right mindset for playing. And so Mr. Toolshed, Sean Gallagher, uh, brought up a really good topic to discuss today. And Sean, what is it that you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, mental stability is something that I know I personally have struggled with over the last couple of years because I used to be a part of the camp where I was. Um, I told myself that the quantity of magic I played was going to be better than the quality of magic. So I basically just forced myself to play magic over and over again and caused myself to get burned out. And that's just not a good thing to be doing. Um, so for these last couple of weeks, I've been kind of, so I was taking a small hiatus from magic, um, just, you know, to basically, cause I know that in 2020 with fractional invites, I'm going to ramp up my GP play with, um, a lot of GPs for at least the first half of the year. So I just want to get myself mentally prepared for the, you know, the gymnastics we're going to have to go through for GPs in the beginning of the year. So making sure that I'm in the right mindset, that I'm not getting burned out or making sure that I'm able to test efficiently and as much as I need to, you know, I got a good testing system with our team here and just making sure that I'm using that to the best of, to my ability. And my mental stability is one thing that is really important for that. Is this the first time that you've gone through um, this type of quote unquote burnout was there another time that you had to go through something like that and how did you get yourself back into the right focus where you had a healthy relationship with the game yeah at the beginning of the year i had had a couple rough gps back to back where i was tight on money and you know doing a lot of traveling and i had had a gp that i went to and just lost a lot of really matches that i didn't think i should have or you know something like that and then um just having to get over that mentally was really tough for me and luckily um, the team was there for me, you know, giving me nice, encouraging words and stuff like that. And the one that I had just had in the last couple of weeks was GP Columbus. While I had a lot of fun, was a really tough uh, Grand Prix for me. I had I was playing a deck I liked. I put a lot of work into the deck, and I just played. My three losses were pretty. Two of them were definitely like really tough. I played against Burn twice with Druid, which is just a rough matchup, and. I just kept beating myself up about it. And that's just not something that you can really do in magic. You're you're, it's a game. Like you got to remember to have fun at it. So um, making sure you're having fun while you play the game is really important. So basically what I've just been doing is taking a step back, playing, you know, a little bit more commander to remember that it's about the gathering part. That's what, that's what makes magic great. So I've been trying to just take it a little bit easy. I think that's a great point. Uh, Caroline, why don't you talk a little bit about, um, kind of your relationship to the game and kind of like the, the, the bigger, smaller things that you do to make sure that you have the right mental state to enjoy what it is that you like to do. Yeah. I think uh, I've talked a little bit about arena specifically and how it pulls on my mental health strings. (laughs) Um, But I kind of broke this down into two segments and you kind of alluded to it. Um, I think there's a small way to take a break and that really kind of, involves a little bit of discipline of saying like, hey, I've just played X number of games in a row. Um, I don't think I played very well. You know, it may not, it it may be that you lost a lot, um, but it could also just be that you just felt you didn't play well. 
Um, and you do have to kind of take the moment and think, okay, is it better for me to keep playing, which is probably not, um, or should I, you know, close down the program and take a break? And this is pretty hard to do with deadlines, um, especially with arena deadlines. Like, if, you know, say it's December 30th and you're trying to make Mythic and it's not going well, it could be very hard to step away. Um, you know, and I and I just encourage you, whoever, if you are experiencing that, to to try your best to step away. Um, and it can be even small breaks. I I know that um, Brandon, our the team leader, you know, mentioned one time a while ago. He said, "Yeah, sometimes every time I lose, I just stand up. Like I, I might come back and play, but I just you know physically stand up, get like." reduce the defeated screen, get rid of that screen. <laughs> then I stand up and walk away and then I might come back and keep playing. I might not. It depends. And that's like a really small way of taking a break. Um, you know, you can also just take a break for the whole evening. Uh, last night, a friend of mine who's, you know, testing for Portland and it's kind of a new experience for them to, to play a Grand Prix. Um, they were posting a lot of like, Oh, like I've lost this many times today, or um, I feel like I'm not making any traction. Like, what do I do? Like, oh no, the Grand Prix is going to go so badly. And, you know, just lots of like conclusions that don't need to really happen yet. <laughs> we got lots of time. We can definitely sort it out. So um, multiple people, not even just me, just were posting to that person like, hey, take a break from Arena or, you know, go play a format, like play some limited if you're stuck on standard or play some standard if you're stuck on limited, like play something different just to take a break. And so that's like a good it's a good strategy to say. It's very easy. <laughs> it's very hard to do, especially, um, especially you know, in that scenario I talked about, where say it's the end of the month, you're trying to make mythic, and taking a break could mean you won't make mythic, uh, and that might be the decision that you just have to make. And it might, it might be really hard. Um, I actually read a story uh, involving like a magic personality this week. Um, they were really struggling to make one of those playoff, one of the format format playoffs on Moto. Uh, and they kind of shared their whole story. And I, I won't share all the details, but um, they basically talked a lot about how every night it was oh, time to play a league to get two more format points. And um, the deadline was slowly coming. And they actually were on this huge, you know, three or four league lose, losing streak. They weren't getting any points. And the deadline was like hours away. And um, they actually shared how they had like invited a friend over to try and like help them stay positive and like nothing was working. And so they ended up just turning off their computer and said, okay, I'm not playing the format challenge today. And that's fine. And that like, it was such a big, you know, they felt in the moment, like, oh my gosh, I failed, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but they did, they shared later that they realized there were a lot more positive things about themselves. And, um, and that was really a big deal to them. They're like, wow, I am not, my, my definition of myself is not someone who plays this format challenge. I'm, a human that does many other things. <laughs> and that was like a big thing for them. And it was really powerful for me as well. Cause I think I talk a lot about taking breaks and a lot of positiveness. <laughs> and I think I would have struggled to turn off the computer. I think I would have been on that spiral of firing up the next league, firing up the next league. So I can totally appreciate um, how hard that was and how great it was that they did that. So that was pretty cool. Uh, there's also bigger breaks that you can take which Sean is kind of, you know, has talked a little bit about. Um, and it, it really does vary. I didn't take a break, but I did take a format or uh, not a format. Sorry. a priority switch um, about like six months ago or so. I felt like I was just spinning my wheels in the equivalent of just joining leagues after leagues, but more like Grand Prix after Grand Prix. <laughs> and I was spinning my wheels and not really making 
a ton of headway and it was, you know, mental health was down. Um, and so I just, yeah, in general, I just switched my priorities. I think I love the gathering part of magic and the playing part of magic is great. And uh, I'm still going to try and do it, but it's not, it's not something that's my be all and end all. So I was happy with that priority switch. So it's not really a full on break, but it was something that was like a pretty big deviation of what I was currently doing. Um, so I just recommend a lot of self checks, just check in with yourself. You could talk to yourself though. Maybe don't have other people around because they might think you're unique, but I talk to myself. <laughs> but yeah, just check in with yourself. Make sure everything's going well. Just got to have those conversations. Just chat with yourself a little bit. Um, I, I definitely do it. I work from home and I don't have any interaction and I definitely talk to myself. The big thing for me, you know, I think the one thing that you, that you touched on was sometimes you'd not only have to mentally step back from the game, but you have to physically just step back and just do something else. Just, just get away and focus your attention on something else. Uh, the other thing when you talk, when you say you talk to yourself is also, I have to kind of, I am in a much different mind state playing the game when I'm streaming and people are watching than when I'm by myself, like playing arena by myself or playing any other game like that. Uh, if I'm, if I'm alone and watching something, I tilt so much, so much more easily. Uh, when it's just me focusing on stuff and something bad happens, it just, it just throws me off the rails when there are other people around me, or at least someone else is in the discord chat or any of that kind of stuff. I take any bad swing of luck or any mistake that I make much, much, um, much more in stride than anything else. And I've always found that to be an interesting thing about how I play the game and my relationship with how grumpy I get about it sometimes. Yeah, I'm actually really similar. Like I stream a little bit. We don't often play magic, but sometimes we do. And I'm pretty chill, like mana screwed, you know, flood, whatever. And just like, yeah, that sucks. No big deal. But for some reason, like, you know, four or five games into arena by myself and I'm like, you know, like hitting my desk being like, ah, oh, damn it. Like I really needed that win. It just like, it doesn't bring out a good side of me. So I can totally appreciate that. Yeah. Conan Hawk, you're someone who maybe is one of the, the biggest you know, uh, at grinders, that's a part of this podcast. I mean, you, you play a lot of magic every single day. And I assume, uh, that even someone of the caliber is your skill still goes through your, your upswings and your downswings. Um, do you have, do you go through that? Uh, like, like all of us do, or do you, uh, have that kind of mental switch that you can turn on and off whenever you have those big downturns or swings of bad luck, even if you, or maybe when you got really close to, to winning something and came up short, how do you deal with the ups and downs of the game? Um, I do get like, so it's like really weird. I do get frustrated um, when things uh, do like, don't go my, not necessarily my way, but like, so earlier um, I was frustrated kind of at the format, right? Like, so I was playing well, for like this example, I'm going to use pioneer. Um, I was playing pioneer and I was just basically felt like I was beating my head against the wall. At the time, it was the Field of the Dead uh, mono black aggro um, metagame. And that like made it so that they banned later on, they banned Field of the Dead, they banned Once Upon a Time, and they banned Smuggler's Copter. And I think that was just kind of like me just getting frustrated of like, I think I can only play these two decks and I wanted to play something different. But those are the things I get frustrated about. I get frustrated about like feeling like I'm boxed into or I'm like put into a box, right? Um, and I can only do this thing and I can't do anything else. And I find it the way that I get out of my frustration is I find something to enjoy. Um, so like currently I'm enjoying playing the Jund deck and standard, the Jund sacrifice deck, cause there's so many cool little interesting tricks. 
Um, I also like, you know, in modern, I get frustrated when I test anything besides affinity, which is why you see me playing affinity every time that I play modern. But for the most part, like if you're talking about getting frustrated from losing or getting frustrated from getting mana screwed or, uh, you know, just like getting tilted and stuff like that, I I think it's just because I've played so many, like so much magic that I just don't really get that um that way and i don't really know how or like why that happens um and then the other thing is is like i don't really like I, magic is my competitive outlet i need to have a competitive outlet in order to in order for like me to function um and without it i don't really like i don't i like i, I think a lot of my other friends play games like you know league of legends or they play um hearthstone or you know um Maybe they play WoW or something like that, and that's the way they can get their other competitive outlet. I don't do anything else. I play basketball twice a week, and I hang out with my girlfriend Serena, and that's it. Like, and then it's magic. That's like all that I do. So if I wasn't playing magic and I was frustrated with magic, I just don't know what I would do otherwise. I I think that's like the the reason I can kind of get through it is just this is just what I do. It's what I play. I think the big thing that we can get from that is understanding and being frank about your relationship with your hobby and your relationship with your game and your relationship with something that you uh, take seriously in a competitive sense. I think it's something that a lot of us can look to uh, for a lot of things that we do is we have to look at the, the relationship we have with the things we spend our time on, even if something as like our job. We have to kind of always weigh what we're doing, why we're doing it, and if we're if one of those things is out of sync and we're not liking what we're doing, is there steps we can take to resolve that, or do we need to step away from things and and kind of reevaluate what we're doing? That's kind of that's not just how we approach our hobbies. That's how we, that's how we approach life. Yeah, I mean that definitely makes sense. Yeah, like I like I said, it's just I mean, there are times where I feel like I will switch formats. Maybe that's like how I take my step back, right? Where if I'm like bashing my head against the wall in standard and I can't really find a thing. Maybe I'll just go play some modern for a few days and come back to standard. Um, but I mean, as far as like taking a step back from magic, I just like I've never really taken one. Um, you would think I'd be a lot better if I didn't take a step if if I've never taken a step back from magic. But uh, you know, uh, the other thing the other thing I will say is that when I do one of the ways that I get rid of uh, like my tilt personally, like if I if I do find myself getting frustrated, I. I like to look back um, at why I've been losing and what can I change about that and just trying to learn from what I'm what I'm doing, right? Like, yeah, you're going to get mana screwed. That's the that's one of the things that happens in magic. That's the variance in magic. Yeah, you're you know, you're going to get um, you, you know, you're going to get mana flooded. Um, yeah, you're going to face a bunch of bad matchups. But it's like at that point, it's like to me, it's like, am I not playing enough lands if I get mana screwed over and over again? Am I playing too many lands if I get flooded? Do I not have enough ways to like manipulate my deck to like have, you know, things like cantrips or trail of crumbs in standard right now to like find, you know, the the right pieces. Um, if I'm facing a lot of bad matchups, is my deck not good in the metagame? Do I need to shift gears? Do I need to switch cards to make the metagame better? Uh, that type of stuff. So I just like, I like trying to like, just like turn it into like a learning session if I am getting frustrated and, and find myself kind of like, you know, starting to tilt a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. It's those things that we got to learn about to make sure that we are always getting better at the game, which is what we like to do 
here at Friends and Magic is to make sure that not only are we enjoying the game, but make sure that we're at least doing something, just a little bit, to get better at it, to, to be learning it, to get lit, as we always like to say. And that's what I kind of want to learn uh, about what it is you all are doing this week to get better at the game of Magic. And uh, Mr. Toolshed, Sean Gallagher, what is it uh, for this upcoming week? That what's you, What are you going to do to get better at Magic the Gathering this week? <clears throat> yeah, like I had said before, I have a PTQ possibly on Sunday that Hawk and I might be going. So, um, <clears throat> just playing a deck that I think would be really good position would be the blue green flash deck from Mythic Championship Seven. So, um, playing a deck that's not really in my wheelhouse per se. So I'm gonna I would play it a little bit on Arena today. I'm gonna run it back again on Arena tomorrow. So getting some reps in with that deck where I know it's powerful already. Um, and just playing something outside my wheelhouse um, in a competitive environment has been helping me get what I like, like helping me improve my game at Magic this year. So that's something I'm going to try to continue doing this week. Nice. Caroline, how about you? Uh, my plans for this week uh, involve a lot of standards, so pretty similar to Sean's. Um, I have a Grand Prix Portland in just under two weeks. Uh, last kind of big magic event of the year. Um, I haven't played Paper Standard in, I think, forever. I was trying to think the last time, and it was a really long time ago. Um, I've been playing on Arena a little bit, but as I said, it kind of annoys me. So <laughs> I've been trying to play this week, and um, yeah, it's going okay. I actually was watching... Um, I was watching your stream today, Eric, and you, you know, someone in chat was like, yeah, the ladder is basically half the flash deck and the ramp deck and half decks that are trying to take advantage of that deck. And so I decided to go the advantage route. So I've been looking into some black red knights decks, maybe some Mardu knights deck, uh, and just see how a giant dinosaur with a big sort of a scalibur can do in the format. So I've been giving that a try. Um, that's red raging regis and Embercleave. Rotting Regisaur? Rotting Regisaur. Darn it. Yeah. I knew it was, yeah. Well, there's, <laughs> a, there's another Reggie. There's a, there's the five mana green red one. Is Embercleave that supposed to be Excalibur? Though. Oh, okay. That's good. Yes. Embercleave is a sort of Excalibur. No way. Really? Yes. Oh, yeah. So Whoa. That, that's been working pretty well. I've only played two matches, so who really knows? But I'm, I'm curious to know. The one thing is there aren't a lot of deck lists to go off, and I'm definitely a, a, met, a net decker, so this will be kind of interesting. I have to forge my own path for now, but um, I don't know. I I will probably concede to playing like a blue green deck. Don't know if I can. I don't know if I can really bring myself to play the flash deck. I have publicly and privately hated that deck a lot, <laughs> uh, and it is against my my current style i'm not big on like holding cards in my hand for too long i like the mid-range strategy so you can hold them for a little bit but um so i have actually looked at manguchi's ramp deck uh simic so it's similar colors similar styles but plays a lot bigger so i don't know it has a boreal grazer and we know how i feel about that card so that that's kind of where i'm going to focus for this week for sure yeah you know ember cleave sean is is basically the version of hey we would like to call this Excalibur, but um, someone maybe actually still owns the copyright to that to that uh, wonderful tale of 
of that uh, can't Excalibur. be true, right? I don't know. It's, All it's that been stuff old has enough. to come out of copyright. It's so old. Yeah, but someone, you know, somebody somewhere just also, like pulled it, pulled something that they they own the name Excalibur in some way, shape, or form. I, I pulled up the art for Embercleave, and I don't see any reference to like Lady Lake. Yeah, Night we know. It's it's not a great reference, but it is confirmed Excalibur. <laughs> confirmed Excalibur? Oh man. Well, it's it's right. I think I think that makes it. It's I'm a, pretty sure. What, I don't know. If Excalibur actually existed, what color do you think it would be? Definitely a blue card. Why? Oh, it's definitely a white card. Thank you. Lady I also Lake. believe it's a white card. It has to be a white card. It's the little it's like he's pulling the sword out of the stone, he's a little boy, little white like little white yeah. weenie. He represents like he represents hope and nobility and all the things that you would think white would be. It has to be a white card. If it was a if it was a white card, so legendary weapon, you know, artifact, something like that. What what would its ability be as opposed to this double strike, go crazy, punch people to face thing? It probably like gains a life for each attack. Probably what it would do or something. There was like a creature, or there was a an artifact or equipment or something from like. I want to say Theros. That was pretty cool. I think it was legendary too, and it did some like cost reduction stuff. I don't know. Oh no, it gave you it gave protection from everything. Oh, um, prismatic ward was that the name? No, spectral no. ward. Spectral yeah, ward. it was a picture of like a lady holding like a shield, right? That's what. The yeah, maybe was. that was actually Excalibur. I could see it having no effect whatsoever. It's just being like, hey, equip this to your creature and feel really proud. It was really good. Oh, you're thinking Excalibur would do that? What was the mechanic um, where you were basically the king? Like you had the crown or something like that? The monarch. The monarch. monarch. I, was gonna, I was literally just going to say that. If you are equipped to your creature, you become the monarch. Oh my God, that'd be busted. How sad is <laughs> it that they couldn't put monarch in this set? I know. It would be, oh my, it would be so, it has to be busted and limited, right? Like oh, yeah. it's just. Well, it was in limited. You it was just draw an extra card every single turn for the rest of the game. Yeah, like there's no way they're attacking you to get the monarch back, right? Because yeah. like you just always have more cards than them. Well, we'll uh, we'll keep track of that for the next uh, set that we create, um, which is going to be <laughs> yeah. just all around copyrighted materials and uh, medieval knights. That's what it's going to be, uh, all all around. Um, uh, and sloths. And Confirmed. sloths, of course. Thank you. I uh, we'll call it we'll call it sloths of midnight, um, and it's going to be it's going to be really cool. I think there's a going to be a working title. Thing. It's a working title, um, you know. But we'll we'll slowly start to drip feed uh, the cards that we have for sloths of midnight. It should be pretty fun, I think. And what we also know is going to be fun is what's going to be happening after Mythic Championship 7. There are still a few things before the end of the year. And Caroline Cavanaugh is going to give us the rundown of what's happening in the world of magic. And if she's going to be at any of these events, then we'll know where in the world is Caroline Cavanaugh. Caroline, what's going to be happening between now and uh, New Year's Eve? Wait, when do you add the music? Oh, um, did you listen to the podcast last time? Yes. No, you didn't. And you're not going <laughs> to learn until you listen to the podcast. It's a wonderful I, Easter egg. You're going to listen. And you don't know. And I might even just stick the music in in the middle of your sentence. Who knows? I'll just I'll ask someone that listens. Then they can tell me. Gosh. I can't listen to my own voice. It's too much. No, you got to get used to it it's at some much. point. That's other I'm people's a, jobs. It's on fine. the Bash Bros podcast, Corey had said that he never listened to any. I think that's hilarious. 
Um, it is okay. weird to listen to your own voice, though. I will say that. I turned on the yeah. podcast like once and I started talking and I was like, this is nope. I'm turning yeah, it off it's again. It's not a pleasant experience, Brasky. I don't like it. See, I okay. maybe it's just because I have done enough broadcasting in my time that I've gotten used to what I sound like. But it, I will agree with you that for the first like several times of me listening to my own voice or putting headphones on while I talk, I'm just sitting there going, that's I, that's dumb. I, you sound weird. Yeah, it's like a it's like a full it's like or not a full octave, but it, it's like way deeper than what it sounds like in my head, which is weird. And then you're just yeah. like you're like just put some inflection at all in your voice, please. And then I just I I still talk the same way I do. Now. Oh, that's really cute. The new the new card from Sloths of Midnight, the monotone competitor. Um, it's uh it's one in a white. It's Eric's invitational card. Yeah. It has to be one white. It's just, it'd just be one white, two one, no other abilities. Yeah. <laughs> flanking. With the, with oh, the f- flanking's a nice one. It just with, has banding for no reason. It, it, it can't band with anything yeah. else. With the flavor text of like ellipses. Yep. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Okay. So thanks for, you know, ruining my segment, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> there is not a lot coming up. Uh, actually, don't have something on here that I should. This weekend is December 13th to 15th is Magic Fest Oklahoma City. And, which I totally remembered right now, I believe, is the SCG Players Championship. Um, so both, or sorry, not both. One of them will be viewable on Twitch. And the other one will be viewable through tweets on Twitter. <laughs> um, then the following weekend, December 20th to 22nd, is Magic Fest Portland. Um, that is going to be standard i think sorry oklahoma city is also standard and the players championship is probably a combination of really cool formats that i totally know but you have to go do your own research i can't tell you everything that's believable um also so portland is going to be standard uh last kind of magic fest of the year and uh same thing i don't think you can watch it uh but you can follow along on the twitters and then the draft PTQ is something I've highlighted here because I think it's super cool. So on sun on Friday, not Sunday, um, there will be a normal PTQ at like 10 a.m. or 1030. Um, but it's going to be draft for the first time, I think, ever. Uh, so the first three rounds, you'll, you'll do a draft, play three rounds, do a second draft, play three more rounds, and then cut to top eight. We'll do a third draft, which is basically a day two of a Grand Prix. So it's a pretty interesting idea. Uh, and then there's actually four other PTQs that weekend. So um, you can definitely explore the PTQ world. I think the three pack that Channel Fireball is selling is available for Portland. So it's, you can buy three three entries into any PTQs. And then if you win the first one, you get a refund. And it's unclear what happens if you win the second one. And if the, you win the third one, then you just paid for it. So I don't really know the middle part, but I know that's still a pretty good deal. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of what's going on. And oh, I, I mentioned it before, but I'm going to be at Magic Fest Portland. So come say, come say hi and hang out. I wonder what kind of theme park PTQ land is. Is it like Disneyland, but with just like, it's a little bit more expensive. You have to, you just have to pay every single time you go. But if you like, if you ride the right rides, then you get like free admission to something else. You have to ride it in the right order and you don't know the order to laugh. Yeah, I think most of the time you just end up getting disappointed. <laughs> It's like you get to the top of the roller coaster. It's like going up, going up, going up, going up. And all of a sudden the, the car stops and it's just like, all right, everybody has to get out. Except you, and take the, and oh take the God, stairs exactly one by one. What, 
oh my god that's exactly what it is you're like like the first notch is like one and oh two and oh and then it like dips and you're like oh no like like two and one and then you're like oh three and one four and one okay the ride's over what <laughs> the, the three one is the most is the worst record in magic i'm pretty sure there's there's can't, can't ever lose again there's a ride where you basically just take like two steps and then go back and do it again it's just called the mulligan but you take shorter steps every single time <laughs> wow we should be we should not be giving this on the podcast someone's gonna steal our great idea dang it our million dollar idea well we always have ideas we have a lot of ideas million dollar ideas we have ideas of how we need to get better at the game we have ideas of new decks that we want to craft and i'm going to be interested to see what ideas we we bring to fruition in the days and weeks to come uh and we are interested to see what you are up to in the world of magic. So let us know by tweeting at us at Swagoy Gaming, S-W-A-G-O-I. And that's going to do it for us for this episode, but be back next week when we talk about all the other wonderful things going on. We'll probably recap Oklahoma City. We'll talk about more ways in which we can get better at the game. And if you want to know about different ways to learn about us, you can find it at our website, which is at swagoi.com, S-W-A-G-O-I.com. You can learn about all of the different members of our various esports teams. And now let's go around the table and find out where we can learn about y'all and the different types of content that you create. Sean, Mr. Toolshed, let's start with you. Yeah, you can find me at... Mr. Toolshed on Twitter. That's it. That's, that's as fancy as I am. Sorry. That's the tweet. Yeah. <laughs> Conan Hawk, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, on Twitch, and on Instagram, all at Conan Hawk. So at Conan Hawk on Twitter, at uh, Conan Hawk on Instagram, and then twitch.tv slash Conan Hawk Monday through Friday on Twitch. And Caroline, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mighty Linguini, M-I-G-H-T-Y-L-I-N-G-U-I-N-E. You can find me on Instagram at The Mighty Linguini. And you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash The Mighty Linguini. I stream on Wednesdays. I always have a magic guest, but I don't always play magic. Though the last couple of weeks we've played a lot of magic. So we'll see. This week, <laughs> as I promote the thing that will never make it in time for the podcast, is we're playing uh, Overcooked on Wednesday. Nice. That game is great. Yes. It's our, we're resolving. We've played four streams with the same team. So this will be our last stream together with them. It's going to be great. Well played. And you can find me as always at Brasky1142 on Twitter and Twitch. And uh, at some point, I'm going to get back into the streaming side of things and, and maybe bring one of y'all on while we do something fun and, and exciting. It should be a good time. And uh, of course, that's all for us for this week, and we hope to see you all next week as we do another show of Friends in Magic. So for everyone else, have a great rest of your week, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, it was a unison you one. You jumped in. It was a unison sass. That was spicy. Title of our new band, Unison Sass. It's like a saxophone oh. cover band kind of thing.
Oh, it's just Kenny G covers. <laughs> but it's Kenny, it's Only Kenny G versions Whisper. of like progressive rock. Like we're just doing Kenny G covers of Yes. I only know one oh, song nice. on the saxophone, and it's Careless. It's the only song you really need to know. 